Welcome to the Introvert Dear Podcast, the show devoted to helping introverts live more peaceful, meaningful lives. We are here to remind you that you don't have to be an extrovert to be happy. Now, here are your hosts, Jen Graneman and Bo Miller. Are you an introvert who's also a highly sensitive person? There's a good chance you are because 70% of HSPs are also introverts. If you're a highly sensitive introvert, you know how challenging that can be. And most likely, one of your biggest challenges is love and relationships. In today's episode, we'll talk about the challenges of being an HSP in a romantic relationship with a non-HSP. We'll hear from a couple who's doing just that. Jen and her partner, Andre, founders of Highly Sensitive Refuge, a new community just for HSPs. Also, stay tuned because we've got a big announcement about this podcast later in the show. Welcome, Jen. Welcome, Andre. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Hey, how's it going? Going well. Good to talk to you guys. Same here. We did an episode a while back about what a highly sensitive person is. But for listeners who missed that show, tell us briefly what a highly sensitive person is. Right. So about 20% of the population has a gene that makes them basically more sensitive to all types of stimuli. So that can be everything from sights and sounds and textures when they touch something, smells, to more subtle stimuli like um, emotional cues from other people. And they, they tend to pick up on those emotions very strongly. And also like, you know, the thoughts and emotions that they're processing themselves. And highly sensitive people or HSPs, um, they process things very deeply. Like their nervous system, their brain is wired to process each one of these stimuli that they take in very thoroughly, um, you could say much more thoroughly than the average person. So uh, in some ways, it's a superpower because it allows them to make connections that other people miss, to notice things that other people miss, and to think very deeply, and also creates a strong sense of empathy. They tend to be very warm, caring people. Um, at the same time, it does come with some drawbacks because all of that processing does take its toll on your mental energy and on your brain and you can get overstimulated very easily, especially in loud or busy environments or when people are just blasting loud emotions at you, like anger or critique. Um, and also just the, you know, um, can get kind of sort of worn out, exhausted um, from that stimuli over time. So uh, that's kind of the nutshell, I guess. Um, Jen, anything you wanted to add to that? No, I think that's great. And blasting loud emotions is kind of how I feel like I go through life. Like people are just <laughs> broadcasting their emotions all the time. And when you're a highly sensitive person, you really pick up on it. Huh. That is, that's so interesting. And, and Jen, can you expand on that and tell us about some of the signs that show that you're a highly sensitive person? Yeah, absolutely. And like Bo said, we did a more in-depth podcast about HSPs earlier. So scroll back in your feed and find that if you want a more in-depth overview. Uh, but here are some quick signs you might be a highly sensitive person. So first of all, you might abhor violence or cruelty of any kind. Like you can't watch violent or scary movies without getting upset or maybe even feeling physically ill. Another sign is you're frequently exhausted from absorbing other people's feelings, kind of like what I mentioned earlier about people blasting their emotions at you. HSPs tend to absorb emotions almost like an empath would. It's not unusual for an HSP to walk into a room and immediately sense the moods of the people in it and also to take on those moods. Like if someone around you is stressed, maybe you start feeling stressed too. 
Another sign is time pressure can really rattle you. So for example, in school, timed quizzes or speed tests might have made you very anxious to the point of not being able to perform as well as you normally would. And as an adult, if you have a really big to-do list to get done in a short, short amount of time, or let's say you just have a lot going on in a weekend and you know there's not going to be a lot of time to relax and unwind, that can really bother you. I mean, anybody can get bothered and stressed out by a big to-do list or a busy weekend, but for HSPs, those feelings are even more magnified. And I'll throw one more big sign out there. You might withdraw often if you're an HSP, even if you're an extrovert. Like Bo said, the majority of highly sensitive people are introverts, but there are extroverted highly sensitive people out there too. And even they need a lot of downtime because you take on so much stimulation, you're absorbing so much throughout the day, emotions and otherwise, and you're processing it all very deeply because your brain processes stimulation more deeply than other people's brains. So you just get more tired and worn out. So you have to take that alone time. There's a lot more signs on HighlySensitiveRefuge.com, our new community for HSPs. In fact, there's a great post. Okay, sorry. I shouldn't say great because I wrote it. And so that's a little <laughs> bit like to do my own horn. Jen, um, all of your posts are great. Oh, my God. Okay, thank you. And you, you probably um, couldn't say that because that'd be too overstimulating to give yourself all too, that credit. It's too overstimulating. <laughs> I can't give myself that credit. Um, there's a post you might want to check out. It's called 21 Signs That You're a Highly Sensitive Person. Awesome. And just a side note, with all the simulation coming in, uh, do you know anything about whether or not HSPs need more sleep or more rest? Yeah, I can speak to that as a highly sensitive person myself. There's no research out there per se that says HSPs need two extra hours of sleep than a non-HSP or something like that. But just anecdotally, HSPs tell me all the time that they're that they need more sleep because they're processing so much and life is just more exhausting. Personally, I need a good solid eight hours of sleep. And Andre can attest to this too, that if it's like, we have to be up at 6 a.m., I'm like, we're in bed eight hours prior to that and we are going to sleep. No excuses. <laughs> I've, I've tried a lot of excuses, you know, that it's been many times. <laughs> they don't cut it. Sorry. I have a reason we should stay up, you know, but no, if, yeah, if she's, it's, it's right. If, if, if there's something that is going to keep us up one night, unexpected, something like that, it is a huge derail for Jen. I can generally power through the next day. I'll, I'll be miserable or I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be more sluggish than usual, but I can kind of, you know, power through and after a couple cups of coffee, I can focus. But for Jen, it will derail like the next 24 hours if she doesn't get that sleep. It's excruciating to get through a day without sleep. I mean, I know nobody likes to go through a day without having sleep, but when you're an HSP, it's, it just feels terrible, utterly terrible. Huh. So interesting. So the two of you have been domestic partners for about three years. It's kind of a unique situation because not only do you live together, but you also work together. Jen, I know you're a highly sensitive person, but Andre, you're not. You're an ally. That can definitely make times or make things challenging. Excuse me. So what are some of the challenges you've faced in your relationship? You know, there's there's really none. Like it's just all it's all roses and flowers <laughs> when it's around. Yes, of course. <laughs> Being with you is a dream, dear. Every it minute is. of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean honestly, in a lot of ways, that's true. Uh, you know, just the the level of deep connection that I have with Jen and um, and the kind of conversations we can have, both because of just who she is, and also partly because she's a highly sensitive person is, is really special, but you just got some um, bonus points because of who she is. That was, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but I mean, obviously, when you're two different personalities of any kind, it's going to be challenges. I think one of the biggest ones for me is um, that I, I often cannot predict in any way how how something that I say is going to land. There are times when I say things that I think are just the most measured, you know, appropriate, um, mature way of putting something. And to Jen, it feels like the emotional equivalent of like, I just punched her, you yeah. know? Um, and that doesn't feel good on either end, obviously not for her. And also as, you know, as, as the, the less sensitive person in the relationship, you don't want to feel like you're hurting your partner and you don't want to feel mm -hmm. like you're, um, being unfair or mean or getting angry about things you shouldn't get angry about. Um, and it, it's a lot of times it's a challenge because, um, I'm already, you know, I, I'm sensitive in many ways, um, but I, I don't think I'm a highly sensitive person. And uh, the, how would I put this? Like the, for I'd say me, you're pretty sensitive to your environment, but I wouldn't characterize you as an HSP. Yeah. Like emotionally, I feel like emotions are a different language that everybody else got to learn as a kid. And I'm, I'm the only person who is not bilingual a lot of the time. <laughs> um, and that can be very hard. You know, if, if you're trying to express something in a relationship, a lot of times there'll be a situation where I want to express something that I, I, I know is going to be contentious or that Jen's going to disagree with, or that might come across sounding critical, but at the same time, it's something that I think is fair or important to express, or I want to make sure that I'm honest about it. Um, or a lot of times it's not even personal about us. It's just something that, you know, I, I notice something and it, we, I can see that it's going to be a problem if we don't fix it. And I worry that Jen is going to you know take it personally or, it'll sound like just a critique of her if I say it. Um, and in those situations, I often don't know how to proceed because I, I do know that a lot of times I come across to her with her being able to read all the emotional cues that I think I'm hiding. You know, you, mm. you think, well, I'm a little bit upset, but I'm going to, in my mind, I'm going to know I'm upset, but I'll, I'll say this <laughs> in a way. I'll say it in a really fair, you know, nice way. Mm -hmm. um, but she can read all that stuff. She knows that I'm more upset than I'm letting on. She knows that I'm stressed, even though I'm trying to be level about it. And, you know, that gets her mind going. So knowing that I, I don't know how something's going to land, it can make it very hard to say that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common challenge for HSP, non-HSP relationships. Me, I mean, romantic or otherwise, friends, coworkers, whoever, because HSPs can pick up on those little emotional cues. Like, like you said, when you're trying to hide your stress or something like that, we can feel it. Or if there's sort of a simmering anger beneath what you're saying that you're, you know, anyone is trying to keep in check, we can feel that. And I think for HSPs, those words really, really matter, right? There's some people who can just brush off those words. Oh, whatever. They didn't mean that. Or, you know, just blow it off if there's criticism. But for HSPs, those words really cut to the heart. And yeah. it's, it's not easy sometimes to deal with those things. I was laughing. Yeah, I, think a a, I think a lot of times, I'm sorry, Bo. Um, I think, Jen, I think a lot of times we get in a situation where I'm saying something where maybe the words aren't put that well or that sensitively, but I think the idea is clear. That's what I want to talk about. And it doesn't matter. Like, once the words land in, in the wrong way, then for you, it doesn't matter what the bigger idea is or what the intent was. Like, it, you know, it's, it's sort of we've, we've gotten into that situation where now, now we've made each other feel bad. So, mm. yeah, I think you're right because a lot of HSPs are pretty highly emotional. Uh, we feel things deeply. We process those feelings deeply. And when someone says those words, it's hard to not have your mind go on an emotional tailspin, you know, and those emotions feel really big. 
Uh, well, you're doing like therapy for us right now. This is really <laughs> a lot of important issues coming out. I'm, through this. <laughs> I'm actually listening to a book right now. It's more targeted toward helping kids, but the points I think are applicable to everyone. And sometimes it's just good to be able to talk out how you're feeling and be understood. So, you know what? That's therapeutic in a good way. <laughs> um, so, I would say that for me, one of the bigger challenges is that I get overstimulated by things that Andre doesn't. And that's a pretty wide topic. But for example, if we go to a restaurant on a Friday or Saturday night and it's crowded and it's loud, for Andre, it's not a big deal. You know, there's there's people around, there's noise, but who cares? We're still out having a good meal and, and having fun. But, it, you know, I can put up with that environment sometimes, but sometimes it gets to be too much. It just crosses a, th- a certain threshold for me. And it's like, this is too loud. This is too much. This is too busy. And I just can't be here. Like we've actually literally walked into some restaurants and then walked out. And that's that's been like our good way of dealing with it. I can remember back, you know, a few years ago before we were really talking about these issues, like we sat down, we started having a meal. It was becoming way too much for me. And at one point I just got up and walked out. And, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that was the best way for me to handle things, but I felt so overwhelmed that I just walked out in the middle of dinner because it was just all too much. Yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, can I swipe that one, Jen? I should have said that for mine because that's a really interesting one. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard, I think, on both ends because for me, there's, there's things that seem normal to me or that seem like they don't bother me at all that um, I'll sometimes be caught by surprise that it's it's overwhelming for you or that it just drains you and you're worn out much faster than I am. I think that's just one of those things. It's almost um, neither person is right or wrong, but it's almost the equivalent of being in an introvert-extrovert relationship, you know, where you just have very different tolerances and what seems normal to one person seems not normal to the other person. Um, and it makes it really hard to some, sometimes to navigate plans or you know, what should we do or just to, to know when the other person's had enough. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It is like a lot like an introvert extrovert relationship and not one, you, you know, neither person is wrong. It's just something you have to learn to deal with, which we're going to talk about in the podcast a little later. Um, you know, and I'll just add another one too, like weekend plans, you know, like being an introvert at HSP. Andre is also an introvert, but um, I have that HSP part. So it's a little different for me, but weekend plans, I want to just be really easy and simple. I only want to do like uh, one thing, maybe, you know, um, or if we're traveling, I just want to take it a lot slower than Andre does. And it's not right or wrong. It's just a different way of processing stimulation. But I think the rub for HSPs is when you're that person who is always saying like, I can't do this, or we need to change this, or this is too much for me. You feel like there's something wrong with you. Like you feel like you're the one who's messing up everyone else's plans or the one who can't keep up or like, why can't I just do this? Everyone else can. So it can be a real challenge to learn that it's okay to be the way you are and also to find a way to balance that with your partner or anyone else. Yeah. And society reinforces that. I mean, you know, if in any group of people, if four out of five people are fine and one person is, is saying this is too loud, this is too much, the schedule is, is, is too many things, but four out of five people are fine. So of course the group is going to say, well, you know, you're just... You just got to power through it. You're the, you're, you know, you're being too sensitive. You're being too whatever. And you get that message over and over. But in reality, it's an entirely different brain that is doing a whole other thing that those other four people are not doing. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how have you learned to deal with these challenges? Well, 
<laughs> Jen, have we learned how to deal with these challenges? <laughs> I would say we have. Yeah. I mean, just thinking back to that time in the restaurant where I literally walked out because I was overwhelmed and just didn't know how to deal with it or communicate that. Yeah, I think we have come a long way. Like yeah. I said, sometimes we'll walk into a place and you'll turn to me. I mean, I think this happened just last week. You turned to me and said, is this place too loud? And I was like, you know, and you could see me kind of hemming, hemming and hawing, wondering if I could tough, tough it out. And ultimately, I think you were the one who said, why don't we just go somewhere else? And we yeah. did. No, good for you, Andre. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's well. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's a hard one lesson. Believe me, there was plenty of nights that were not as uh, as great as that, but they got me there. But um, yeah, I think I think you know it's just so cheesy to say it's communication in any relationship context. That's part of it, but part of it is also, I think, just learning about each other. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. HSPs go through their whole lives kind of knowing what a not highly sensitive person is like, because believe me, you're getting that message over and over. The typical person who's just regular sensitive has no clue whatsoever that a highly sensitive person is even a thing that exists, that it's a real thing that has a gene that corresponds to it. That's found in over a hundred species. And that that's it's not just we're hoping to change. Time. Yeah. That's something we're working on changing. Right. But like the average person out there who's not highly sensitive, this is novel to them. And just the fact that there's education going on where more and more people know what highly sensitive means. They know it means it includes being emotionally sensitive, but it means much more than that, just being sensitive to sounds and sights and stimuli. And that start to understand that that's actually a normal, healthy thing. It's not some kind of disorder. And it's not even that rare um, that that itself is helping. But in a relationship context, when you start to understand your, your, your partner's sort of strengths, it really helps you get through and understand the times when you don't understand where they're coming. Like the times when there's something that you're like, well, wait, why is that a problem for them? Um, because being highly sensitive is in many ways this two-sided trait where highly sensitive people bring some of the greatest things about humanity. A lot of our greatest artists, musicians, writers are highly sensitive. And that's for a reason because they do see emotions very vividly. They do make connections other people miss and they end up kind of channeling the feelings of humankind or of their society and in a way that other people can and everyone relates to what they produce. So name a famous musician, name a famous artist. I'd say there's probably, you know, a, a 60, 70% chance it's a highly sensitive person. Um, and we all want that. And we all want the friend who's just a caring person, the friend who actually listens when we have a problem and doesn't just blow us off. We all want what highly sensitive people have to offer. But we somehow just don't want it at all when it comes to the maybe inconvenient side of like, they can go to the party for the first hour and then they have to go home. Or, you know, this might be a popular restaurant with great food. It's too packed. We need to go somewhere else, you know, or at work when the schedule is just way too fast and way too many things are expected too soon and they need time to process before they can deliver on that, that next task. Um, those are the, places where we suddenly have no time and patience for HSPs and we forget all these good traits they bring. So I think a lot of it is just learning about each other and that's really helped us kind of bridge the gap. Yeah, I would I would add that that awareness is so important. If you are a listener and you're a highly sensitive person in a relationship with a non-highly sensitive person, that awareness is key. And it can be really tough to explain to your partner or anyone what high sensitivity is. 
I mean, trust me, Andre and I have been doing this for a while now, and we still get these funny looks from people. We'll say, yeah, we, we have a new website about highly sensitive people. And they'll say, oh, okay, so you're writing for people who are easily offended or mm-hmm. something like that, because there's just not that awareness yet. And like Andre said, that's something we're hoping to change. is something we're working on changing. But with your partner in a relationship, you are able to bring that information to them and explain your trait to them. And that's where it all starts, understanding each other. I'm going to throw a little pitch out there, too. Um, I agree with everything Jen just said. And I think that 90% of what's important in that is people who are not highly sensitive, learning about highly sensitive people. I also think it is something that it's been helpful that Jen values the fact that I'm less sensitive in, in the sense that like things that would drive her nuts don't bother me, right? Like there are, there are strengths that everybody brings to the table and the least sensitive people out there are great in certain roles. Like I, I'm happy that so many of our Marines are not highly sensitive mm-hmm. people. Like they sh- highly sensitive people, there are highly sensitive people in the military and thank you for what you're doing. Um, and many of them have written about their experiences being extremely hard and having higher levels of trauma and things like that. Um, so I'm really glad that like, there's lots of people out there who are less sensitive who can deal with really loud construction environments, really dangerous police or military environments, things that might be really hard and overwhelming for highly sensitive people. Both traits are valuable. Um, and it takes learning about each other in a two-way street to really make a relationship work. But I would say that 90% of the work falls on the not highly sensitive person because they're the, probably the one who needs to learn and change their expectations. Excellent distinction, and thanks for sharing. So, Andre, you're not a highly sensitive person yourself, but you are an ally and an advocate for HSPs. What does that mean? Yeah, so <laughs> it's really a partnership with Jen, and I think that there's this huge and wonderful movement happening right now where highly sensitive people are speaking up. They're gaining recognition through blogs, through academic research, and through social media and so many different venues. Um, And I think that part of that is going to have to be like with any movement that's going to create change, the people who are not part of that group um, making an effort, like actually, actually making changes in the way they interact with people or in the way that they view people who are highly sensitive. Um, For me, it's, it's a really hard one thing. Um, I, so I'm a creative, I'm an author, I've done lots of artistic projects. And for that reason, I've been around a lot of people in my life who I now know, looking back, were almost certainly highly sensitive people. And at the time, in my teens, in my 20s, even in my early 30s, I didn't realize that they were highly sensitive. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know it was a thing. And I didn't understand that balance of, of strengths and drawbacks that, that that implies. And I know so many times in my past, like if, if anyone out there is highly sensitive and you're listening and you're thinking anything nice about me, like, oh, Andre, he really understands highly sensitive people and he's really supportive. I, I hope that you know that my younger self, I was the jerk. I was the one who was rolling over highly sensitive people. I was the one who was exasperated when they couldn't stand up to something that I could stand up to. You know, one more push up. Let's just work for two more hours. Let's do an all nighter and get this done. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and I was one of the people who viewed it as a weakness and I saw what that did to people. And I also saw that some of these people who maybe couldn't keep up with me in certain, certain ways, you know, they're not going to burn an all nighter, um, would produce some of the best work that other people couldn't even match. 
or they would drop the most insightful wisdom bomb. Um, some of, you know, and so seeing this trait firsthand and seeing how my view of being sensitive was really kind of stepping on people who are in many ways gifted, that was enough to start opening my eyes and start thinking like, Andre, if you're going to be a creative, if you're going to work with artists, you're going to have to figure out like how this personality works and um, where these people are coming from. And then meeting Jen and, you know, we have the fact that we're both introverts, we have that in common. And she introduces me. I think you might've been the one who introduced me, Jen, to the concept of highly sensitive person. Probably. And probably. And all these things just started kind of clicking into place. Like, oh, I get it now. And so I can look back and see my attitudes perfectly mirroring what's wrong with the way society views highly sensitive people. And I can identify all the different times. And if I had just said something differently or taken five minutes to listen instead of cramming my idea through, um, that that would have really changed the dynamic and really made somebody who's talented, um, you know, get their voice heard, feel more comfortable and allowed us to collaborate maybe in a really fruitful way. So that's kind of where it comes from. And my work now, it involves, so Jen and I run Highly Sensitive Refuge together, which is uh, a, a large website and uh, online community for highly sensitive people. Um, we publish three times a week right now from, at this point, dozens and dozens, maybe a hundred or more different highly sensitive authors. And it's about showcasing all these different voices. It's about showing a highly sensitive mom, a highly sensitive teenager, a highly sensitive you know, professor, a highly sensitive male, a highly sensitive female, like everything, right? Um, and and just just asterisk, I know there's more genders than male and female, but that's what we've covered so far on the site that I know of. Um, so there's just so much to do to raise awareness. And both, to me, it's a two-sided fight. Part of it is to help highly sensitive people own their trait, feel confident, know that they can draw, draw boundaries against toxic people in their lives, know that they can draw boundaries about how much they're willing to give and, and, you know, getting their own needs met as well as the needs of others, helping them bolster themselves up and also at the same time creating that awareness in people who have never heard of it before and maybe are not that sensitive themselves. Yeah, that's great. And that's probably really helpful to have your perspective as you work together toward that common goal of helping people understand and relate better to HSPs. And that brings me to a similar question, maybe one that we touched on a little bit before, but um, it can be tough being in an HSP, non-HSP relationship. And you guys have talked about some ways that you balance each other. Can you add on to that? What are some other ways that you two balance each other or that HSPs and non-HSPs balance each other? Jen, I bet you've got some thoughts on this. So I would say that, like you said earlier, you're often the one who will push through and say, well, I can do one more hour or I can stay up a little later or we can just get this other thing done or it's okay, I'll deal with it. And I tend to be the one who says, no, we need to take a break or we're not going to be okay if we push through this. So mm. I like to think that that's a piece that I bring to our relationship, helping yeah. you have a little more mental well-being and energy because you're not pushing through so hard when you could take a break, unwind, relax, or approach something a little differently. Yeah. And I think HSPs bring that in a lot of their relationships, romantic or otherwise. They bring that to their jobs. 
They bring that to their friendships. HSPs are the ones who are stopping and noticing what's going on around them. They're thinking about those things deeply. They're taking time alone to reflect back on their lives and what they've experienced. And they're the ones who are slowing things down when the world is often pushing ahead. And that can be really valuable. I would argue that that's probably the most valuable trait that HSBs bring to society at large, because we all know the person who is pushing ahead, who's trying to get more. And HSPs are saying, let's slow down. Let's think about this. Let's approach this in a way that's going to be good for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's so helpful. And especially in our day and age where things seem to be accelerating more and more every year and every moment. Well, this is a good time before we go any further to point out that the two of you are writing a book together about highly sensitive people. You're currently looking for a publisher. What inspired you to write a book? So yeah, we are writing a book. I'm really excited about it. And we're doing it because we don't think that there's enough awareness out there about highly sensitive people. Andre himself said he went through life many years not knowing about highly sensitive people. And there are so many other people out there like that. And frankly, it breaks my heart because that makes life harder for HSPs. And also the rest of us are losing out on the very real gifts and talents that HSPs have to offer. So like I said, we've talked about HSPs to all kinds of people, our friends, our family. Sometimes if we're out at uh, a networking event, yes, introverts can do networking events sometimes. (laughs) And we get all kinds of reactions from people who are easily offended to what is that to I've literally had someone say, well, I don't want to be called sensitive. Don't call me that because there's such a stigma around that word. And we want to show that high sensitivity can be strong, that highly sensitive people have a lot to offer the world. And when we start recognizing their innate gifts, and when we start providing a society that's more accepting and accommodating to them, it can be better for us all. So I also want to add that we are looking for inspiring true stories to include in the book. We're looking for stories about how HSPs have come to find success in life, whether business or otherwise, because of their sensitivity. If you have a story for us, email me at Jen, J-E-N-N, two N's, at HighlySensitiveRefuge.com. Awesome. And that also brings us to some important news. Yeah. So here's that news that we teased at the beginning of the podcast. So after a lot of consideration, Bo and I have decided to pause this podcast for right now. And there are a few reasons for this. For one, it takes a lot of time to research and write Mm -hmm. a book. We're just beginning, trust me, and I'm already feeling overwhelmed with the amount of work I have to do. So to clear out some calendar space to focus on that, we're going to pause. And Bo, well, you've been pretty busy yourself, right? Yeah, we just had a new addition to our family. Uh, So now we have two children and it's changed. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, But it's definitely changed the schedule and how much free time I have. And I've just been rethinking how I can take care of all that's on my plate and what I need to do. So that's kind of been the current challenge for this time. So we're hoping to be back after the book is finished because Bo and I have both really enjoyed doing this. It's been great talking with and learning from all of our guests, and I've especially enjoyed getting to have this more intimate line of conversation with you, our listeners. 
And in fact, if you're a podcast producer or editor and you'd like to get involved, please reach out to us. You can email me either at the address I said earlier or my introvert dear email address. I'm like, um, you know, got these two faces, <laughs> introvert dear and highly sensitive refuge. Um, so my introvert dear one is Jen, J-E-N-N at introvertdear.com. I know the production and editing is what's especially time consuming for Bo. So having someone else who could help us with that would be incredible. Oh, awesome. And I'm just going to throw in there that uh, I know Jen very well. And I have a feeling that after this book is done, she's going to say, I missed the podcast. So <laughs> there might be some more episodes coming down the line. Yeah, I really enjoyed doing this. So it's it's kind of, it's it's really hard for me to let go of it, honestly. We like to give our listeners one practical challenge to try over the next few weeks. If you're an HSP in a relationship with a non-HSP, What's one thing you should try? So I'm actually going to break the rules here and give you two. Please forgive me. (laughs) I feel like that's like you're apologizing (laughs) for giving a bonus. You don't apologize for bonus. Okay. All right. All right. right. Um, So the first one is actually pretty simple. So maybe we'll just count this like a half a one. Okay. Um, So it's just, first of all, find out if you are a highly sensitive person. It's that simple. You can look at that science post that's on highlysensitiverefuge.com. Or, of course, Elaine Aaron, author of The Highly Sensitive Person, has a great quiz you can take. We also have a quiz right on Introvert Deer, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Andre. I think we do. Okay. Anyways, find out (laughs) if you're a highly sensitive person. Uh, And and again, you can be on a spectrum on that. You can be very highly sensitive. You can be less highly sensitive. You don't have to check all the boxes that we've mentioned here today to be considered highly sensitive. Maybe some things that we've mentioned, you're like, yeah, that's totally me. And other things you're like, no, not so much. Right. But so, so again, just like introversion and extroversion, it's a spectrum. So number one, find out if you're highly sensitive. And if you are highly sensitive in any capacity, plan a time to talk to your partner within the next week or two. And just have that simple conversation. You can share articles with your partner about what being highly sensitive is. We have a lot of great ones on highlysensitiverefuge.com. There's also a ton of them on the internet, just in, in general. So have that conversation. Explain what it means to be highly sensitive be forgiving of your partner if they don't quite get on board with it right away because <laughs> it's not, you know, it's it's still not a concept that's well known. So it can be hard to wrap your head around that the first time. So be patient, but do have that conversation and maybe choose one or two things to communicate to your partner that would help you as an HSP. So maybe it's saying like, we just can't be at that loud restaurant, or maybe it's saying we just can't have so many plans during the weekend. Or I know a lot of HSPs struggle with, and this is something I've certainly experienced before with other people I've lived with, they come home, the TV's blasting, the music is on, all the lights are on, and they're like, oh my gosh, I just got done with work, or I just did whatever, and I just need my home to be a sanctuary. Mm. It's too loud. It's too crazy in here. Uh, I know I personally am always trying to turn the lights down, and Andre's like, well, let's turn the lights on. Uh, So we're always going back and forth about it. So identify one of those things that you could communicate about, doing in a lo- do it in a loving way, and just open that line of communication. And so I add- guess that was like three things. Oh, wow. my gosh. Well, oh, here that's... comes number four, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> here we go. If you, if you don't have a partner, then I actually would think about, is there a friend of yours that you think you could talk to mm. about the fact that you're a highly sensitive person and that would be open and understanding? Because for a highly sensitive person... Some already have very understanding friends, but many 
spend a lot of their lives feeling like no one gets them, even the people who are their loved ones. And I think if you can have even just one really supportive friend who understands what it means to be a highly sensitive person, understands your needs a little bit and can kind of be, I'm almost going to say your wingman, like not in a looking for a partner sense, but just in the sense of like, oh, this club is going to be way too loud for so-and-so, right? That is a just invaluable thing to have in your life. So whether you have a partner or not, finding one person in your life who you trust that you could bring up this topic with and see if they can start to wrap their head around it, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. Find an HSP advocate, even if they're not highly sensitive themselves. Yeah, that's some wonderful advice, even though you didn't keep it to one thing. I'm glad you didn't, and I'm glad you shared it. <laughs> Making all the rules today. <laughs> and, um, and by the way, feel free to get extra rest because you did that. But I just want to thank oh, you I guys. Oh, I might. I might. You're like, you don't know what I'm going to go do after this. <laughs> Hopefully not much this weekend. Not more than yes. one thing. Yes. <laughs> but I just want to thank you guys for being vulnerable and for sharing your own experiences because I think it certainly helps our listener, it's helpful to me just to better understand it. And I appreciate what you guys have shared today. And before we wrap up, can you share with our listener um, how they can learn more about you and what you're doing? Jen, yeah. should we say it at the same time? The oh name of our, webs- our, say our website. Are you ready? We'll do, it on, we'll do it on three. Are you ready? All right, ready. One, two, three. Highly, highly sensitive, sensitive com. And <laughs> I don't know if that was... I was like trying to match your pacing there. I was like ready to be like highly sensitive refuge.com. You were like, highly sensitive. anyways, there you go. Well, however, yeah, but everybody highly sensitive refuge.com. We'd love to have you uh, check out some articles, find us on Facebook, find us on the social media of your choice. And um, yeah, we look forward to having you. Wonderful. And that link will be in the description in the show notes. So if you didn't understand the simultaneous explanation or <laughs> saying of it, you could definitely just click on it. it too. Yeah. <laughs> just click on it. Make your life easier. Like well, thanks again, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Bo. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Introvert Deer podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being quiet and spending time alone. 